Hello, welcome to the Rooted Souls podcast. My name is Becca Spear and I will be your hostess. Here I am offering you talks on spirituality and self-development that bring you back down to earth. Bridging the gap between ethereal ideas and mindful realism. These talks illuminate the magic in the mundane and facilitate discernment in the far out for a life rooted in wisdom. This podcast is for conscious seekers who are just opening up to spirituality and personal growth, or those of you who've been on that journey for a while, and you're realizing that things just are not what they seemed at first, or for those who are anywhere in between. I am so glad you're here. I invite you to either take a walk or sit down and relax with something nice and warm to drink, and just let this wash over you. Take what resonates, leave the rest, and just know that this is my gift to you. I hope that it serves you. I am so glad you're here, and I hope that you enjoy the show. Today's episode is the power of ceremony and ritual. And I once heard that anytime two or more women gather, we create ceremony. So here with me today, I am creating ceremony with Riss Catrill. She is a shadow work coach, published author, speaker, and ceremonial facilitator. She's passionate about helping people hack the inner workings of their minds and befriend the shadows that prevent them from reaching their highest potentials. Riss is also a writer and house astrologer for the brand Tamed Wild. She draws upon mythology, the language of the stars, symbolism, and insight into healing and personal development. You can find her speaking, coaching, and offering readings at retreats, conferences, ceremonies, and more. And she's one of my dearest friends and my absolute favorite witch. And welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. And let's, uh, let's start with what does ritual and ceremony mean to you, Rest. Yeah. First, I want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to record this with you. Um, I love you so much. And it's such an honor to be here with you today. So what does ritual mean to me? Oh my gosh. Um, It's kind of hard to, to even describe what it means to me in one sentence, but I think that To me, ritual feels like an opportunity to get very intentional about life and actually bring a sacredness to life that we wouldn't necessarily acknowledge if we were just going about our mundane quote-unquote reality. It kind of brings magic to the mundane. And I think that that is so important um, as humans in our human experience to really, to really acknowledge that. I'd agree. I'd agree. I think that, um, creating reverence for the small things puts us in a state of ceremony. And I remember when just considering now for the first time, I hadn't really thought about it. When, when did I learn ritual? And as being raised in a Jewish family, we would do ritual every Friday night with the candles and the wine and the bread. And I took it for granted. I didn't realize it was ceremony at the time until I was older. And I sat in a circle for the first time with other adults in college and the professor led a sharing circle. And I realized how different I felt when I sat in circle. 
And it wasn't until a couple of years later that I really, you know, worked with shamans or other priestesses and, and witches and, and people who were really sitting with intention that I realized how much shifts when you set intention, when you set space, and when you go into kind of a different frame of mind. And I, when I think of ceremony and ritual, I think that there's, you know, different um, physical properties, but also emotional properties, right? We get quiet. We you know, have a different lens of perception. We take different objects that have different meaning to us. We create space. And, you know, as I started the episode, I was talking about two women because there's something when two women are there to speak together, to share their voices, a, a different space is created. So when I think about ceremony and ritual, I, I do think so much about the space and within and without, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> and I love that you brought in that you had exposure to ceremony at an early age, but oftentimes, you know, when we are um, taught to, um, you know, em embrace more of those traditional ceremonies, we don't even really think of it as ceremony until we get older um, <clears throat> and per perhaps do our own thing. And I think that that's another reason why ceremony is also very important is because um, I think that one reason why ceremony is, is so important and, and to be able to also just even establish your own ceremony is um, to be able to come back to yourself and actually study how do I relate to the world? You know what I mean? And so I think early on when we did sort of study those more traditional forms of ceremony, it kind of feels like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, this is something that I was born into or I'm used to, uh, you know, you don't really question it. But I think like, as you, as you do start to um, develop your own sense of ceremony, you're able to uh, critically think a little bit more. I think that ceremony really adds a layer of critical thinking. Um, it allows you to actually think about your surroundings and what your relationship is to those things. Um, and it makes you stop. It makes you get in tune with what's around you. And I think that that's really important because it, it really allows you to then ask the question, well, what is my place in all of this? Or how do I relate to these things? How, what do these things bring up in me? Um, and so I also love that you brought in uh, how you felt when you sat in a circle, um, because first off, just the symbolism of a circle is just so beautiful and so potent and so powerful. Um, but it just kind of reminds me <clears throat> of like the interconnectedness um, of the people in the ceremony with you, as well as, um, you know, what you're creating a ceremony with. And so um, I think it's very symbolic of that. That's beautiful. As you talked about sitting with people in a circle and how you're co-creating with them, I just heard co-creating with everything. So whether you are alone and co-creating with different parts of yourself that you don't access at other times or co-creating with the elements, there is this aspect of co-creation. And as you mentioned, this, this aspect of slowing down. So in our day-to-day -day lives, especially in our modern lives, there's this essence of rush that does detach us from not only our deepest parts of ourselves, 
but from others and the environment, the, the, you know, nature, but also what's going on around us. So ceremony lets us drop in and slow down and co-create. And so, as you know, as a, as a fellow coach, when you slow down, you can start to witness and observe with a much more astute lens. And what I love about ceremony is that it is individualistic. We have these cultural themes where there are, um, there's heritage and there's tradition. But when I started getting really into ceremony, I actually would make it up and I would go and I already had the intention of wanting to set sacred space. And I would choose the items that I was inspired by. I would allow songs and words and intonations to come through me. I would watch the wind pick up. I, I, it would be in, um, improvised. And I remember I met a woman who ran a nonprofit called the Belladonna Priestess Society in 2010 and 2011, around that time. And she said, I want to ordain you as a priestess. And at the time I was struggling. These were early years. And um, I said, I'm a mess. What are you talking about? And she said, you're already creating ceremony. This is part of your journey. Just wait and see. You'll understand one day. And she ordained me as a priestess. And to this day, I haven't married anybody yet. Um, but I, I often pull in these different ceremonial aspects into day-to-day -day life. And I think back to when I was 10 years old and I would get a bucket. If I found a bucket outside, I would want to put in pine needles and mud and, and water and stir it with a stick. You know, there's something magical about creating components from the outside and stopping and engaging with it. And so that's another image I have of ceremony. You're, you're stopping and engaging with, with the natural elements, but also parts of yourself, right? Because you're in a meditation when you're just sitting there and starting, whether it's cooking or playing out in the dirt, but those, those things came through. So yeah, I wanted to share that. I love that so much. I used to do like the same thing when I was a kid, I would just kind of, uh, I, I grew up pretty much like in the forest. Um, I lived next to, uh, a forest that was very, very dense, very, very deep. And you could literally just walk through it and not see a single person. Um, and I would go so in there. Magical. Yeah. So yeah. It was definitely a safe space for me. And I remember just going in and like creating these little <clears throat> mixtures of like leaves, mud, uh, creek water, and just stirring it and kind of creating my own ceremony when I was a child too. Um, and I think too, like, it's so important, you know, when you actually slow down, um, it actually allows you to exercise your own willpower. It allows you to actually exercise like um, you see the power within yourself and you decide to get intentional about something. How do I want to direct my energy right now? Like how, how do I want to sort of engage with this, with life? You know what I mean? It, 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 it makes you see yourself. And, um, and I think that that's really what consciousness is, right? And like moving through the world awake, quote unquote, you know, it's a constant process of falling asleep and waking up and falling asleep and waking up. And I remember reading a quote a long time ago that um, the human experience is just a process of forgetting and remembering God, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like ceremony is remembering you know, ceremony is coming back to, oh yeah, like I'm here, you know? 
and and there's this magic to it and i think also it it allows us to like you said we are always co-creating you know and it, it is that symbolism coming back to the circle of just this like infinite circle and wheel of evolution and growth and going and going and going and cycling through and um and yeah i think that it, it is that the cycle of just coming back and saying I, I think that ceremony really does honor cycles and seasons you know, so I just love that you brought the circle in in the beginning because, you know, a lot of what I do is new and full moon ceremonies. I host um, new and full moon ceremonies every single month. I've been doing it for a long time. I always have a group of anywhere from like 10 to 30 women. Um, I do them in person, I do them online, and it's always just such a sacred circle. And, and it is very cyclical, like the medicine of a circle is very cyclical, very seasonal. And I really think that ceremony brings that magic um, because it does honor, you know, the seasons that honor even, even in, you know, whatever tradition you're, you're coming from, whether that's Judaism or even Christianity or witchcraft or, you know, whatever it is, like it's a process of honoring the cycles and the seasons, like we have certain holidays, we have certain um, certain things that we stop and we pay attention to in order to get really intentional about what's going on within. So love all of that. Well, I love that you brought up the seasons too. So we've got, I love the moon cycle. I love your work with the circles and uh, the cycles of our bodies, right? So again, it's it's connecting us from the inside out outside within. And I'd love if you could talk a little bit more about perhaps the seasons and how we can step into cycle, um, uh, reverence for cycles and how, you know, we can make our daily life a ceremony because we don't have to just, you know, choose ceremony when we can get in a group of 30 people, or if it is a special holiday, but every day can be a ceremony. And I think, you know, the, the, creating our own ceremony. I really, before our episode ends today, I really want people to be able to go home with how they can create their own ceremonies or bring, you know, create their life as a ceremony, bring in different rituals and how they would even get inspired to create their own. So that was a lot. I tend to do that to my guests. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> bring all of it. <laughs> bring all of you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I love all of that. Um, so yeah um the seasons and the cycles <clears throat> i want to speak to this because i'm also i'm an astrologer like my my passion is personal development and i absolutely adore coaching like it is like my purpose here on earth and um i have been a professional astrologer for a very long time now and um and astrology is is a constant reminder of cycles and seasons. You know, like it, it, it is amazing because if you actually look at the astrological chart, and this is in the Western tradition, it is a circle. It's a wheel, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's kind of like the, again, like bringing back that symbolism to the evolutionary journey around this circle, around this wheel. And things are constantly changing from moment to moment. Even if you pull up a chart, a few minutes later, it can be completely different. You know, the rising sign can change or the degree to, for something can change, which can change an aspect. 
Um, and so astrology is constantly reminding us that uh, things are always changing um, and it's important to move with those changes. And that's another thing that I think ceremony does is it allows us to actually move with the changes you know what I mean? Instead of kind of like resist it a little bit, because yeah. as humans, we can get really, really kind of afraid of change a little bit. We can resist it. Um, and ceremony actually allows us to, to bring this element of like, oh, like I actually don't have to be scared of this. Like I can move with it. I can bring my energy with it and, and, and move with it and dance with it skillfully. Um, and so, so I always bring astrology into my own ceremonies, my, uh, new and full moon ceremonies. Um, we always talk about what is happening, um, whether it's a new moon or a full moon astrologically. Um, I also frequently, uh, incorporate the pagan wheel of the year. Um, so again, another thing that ceremony does is it allows us to really honor our ancestors. And um, for me, that's so, so uh, potent and powerful. I have a very deep connection to where I was born, which is England. And my ancestors, um, you know, on my dad's side came from that part. And so bringing in the pagan wheel is really, really meaningful to me. It allows me to feel like I'm connecting to something that has been in my heritage for a really long time. And the same with Judaism, you know, um, I don't really practice it as much, but my mom's side is Jewish. And so um, being able to really honor the ones that came before you is also really important. And so there's so much that ceremony does. So I always tie that into the ceremonies as well. And that also reminds us that there's cycles and seasons, you know, cycles and seasons of generations you know, that we get to honor. Um, so things that people can do for um, creating their ritual and ceremony. <clears throat> I would say, I love this question because it really asks people to get to know themselves more deeply. And I know, you know, you also as a coach, like always advocate for know thyself, you know, that is like, that is your your key in this world, you know, is like, absolutely is knowing yourself. Yeah. And so, um, and so if you, you really want to create your own ceremony or your own ritual, I would really start by asking yourself, like, what is it? How do I want to get intentional right now with my energy and my life right now? You know, um, <clears throat> is there something that you need to let go of? Is there something that you need to call in? Is there something that you need to maybe stop and just honor, like just sit with it in gratitude? Like, where are you right now in your process? And then based off of that, you can do whatever I would say speaks to you, like pay attention to how your body responds to certain things. So for instance, like, you know, if you respond really well to astrology or crystals or candles or, um, you know, what, whatever it is, you know, pay attention to what your body is like, it kind of like, um, it invokes like a, a certain response or reaction from your body where it's like, you want to pick that thing up, you know, pay attention to that and, and go for it and just in practice and, ex and experiment, like, you could create a circle around yourself with crystals if you want, or work with certain elements. Like notice if you feel drawn to fire, water, air, earth, like notice what you gravitate towards, like work with that element, you know? So really make an effort to make it your own. 
I love that. I had an image of a child in a playground. When we're kids, we're just moving around in our environment, picking up what toy feels fun. I, I made up songs at the bus stop, looking at the clouds. How, how are you inspired? How does your body respond? I love how you said that. And what comes to mind, you had mentioned earlier, our will. That when people talk to me about, you know, being afraid of, you know, that they're messing with other realms or, um, you know, if it's, if it could backfire, my answer is that we're not actually directing the universe. We, when we go into prayer or ceremony, we're shifting ourselves. We're changing our lens. We're changing the way we engage with the environment. And that's just the way life is. When you treat somebody a certain way, they're going to respond differently to you. When you um, you know, you're cranky, you're going to see the worst out of things. So we really do shift and change our physical realities. And I see ceremony and ritual as a way to shift thyself and experience the world differently. And then it does feel more magical. I don't think that there's somebody in the sky that then is, you know, responding to our request. I really feel like we are navigating our own internal atmosphere and, and we get results when you're in a joyful, playful state things feel joyful and playful back. So when you are in a ceremonial state, when you are in a place of gratitude and intention, you see that reflect back to you. So when I think of prayer, that's a ceremony. It's a meditation. And so it doesn't have to look a certain way. And I also tell my clients that you don't actually have to do anything physical. You can do the whole ceremony in your mind. What happens when we do it physically is it becomes somatic and it begins to convince us of the power. So if you can just convince yourself internally, go for it, but doing external movements and, and taking different items actually convinces you it's real. And it's our conviction that I think holds the real magic. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely agree. Yeah. And in our conviction, I love that you, you use that word because it really does kind of come back to the willpower piece. You know, it's like coming back to like, like our convention, our conviction, our, <clears throat> our co-creative ability, our, um, remembrance, you know, that we are these like powerful, powerful beings, you know, and it, it allows you to kind of like get out of your own way a little bit and to, and to actually just do it, to move the energy, you know? So when you say get out of your own way, I'm also thinking about the astrology chart. So, you know, I I'm sure you've heard this a million times when I'm reading somebody's chart and, and they haven't had an astrology chart read before. Oftentimes they say, I'm afraid of what you're going to tell me. Do you hear that too? I hear that all the time. But yeah, what you're getting is how do you move with your life? How do you move with the universe? Not what's happening to you, but how can you more masterfully handle what's already going on. It gives you more clarity. And I think about ceremony, you're getting more input. You're getting more awareness. It's not that anything worse could happen. You're just tuning in and becoming more conscious. Yeah. I love that so much. And, you know, the other part of what I do in my coaching container is I, I, I really am very passionate about shadow work and, um, and it, it's kind of like a similar thing where it's like, we go so long, not looking at ourselves because we're so afraid of what mm -hmm. we're going to see, you know, mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with astrology. I've heard people say, 
I'm scared you're going to tell me that I'm going to die of a disease or something like that. And I'm like, I would never say that. <laughs> like, I would never say that in a million years, you know? Um, first off, I don't even do predictive work. Um, that's just my personal, uh, I personally do not like prediction and that's my own opinion, but, um, but yeah, I, I hear that a lot. And it's the same, it's the same thing with shadow work, you know, uh, things just build and build and build and build and we stay asleep on purpose. Like, it's like, we're so afraid to actually look at it. And astrology is so symbolic of that too. We're so afraid to look at it that yeah. we just operate asleep. You know yeah. what I mean? And so ceremony, astrology, shadow work, these are all practices that allow us to come home to ourselves and to work with the energies and to actually, um, empower yourself because the, the, the thing is, is if you go your entire life, just kind of being asleep, um, you disempower yourself. You're basically sending yourself the, the, uh, the message. I can't handle whatever is happening. Whereas ceremony or astrology or shadow work actually says, yes, you can. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, I have chills. That's so powerful to look at it that way. It, with the predictive work, you and I have discussed this before, that it, it's taking away the, I'm at a loss for words, but it's disempowering because you're telling yourself that there's one way for things to happen and that it's happening to you. But when you're engaging with it, you're asking yourself, how do I best show up? And with the astrology, the shadow work, you're looking at how do I harness my gifts and how do I acknowledge my challenges? And there's an aspect of reverence and surrender that happens when we say, all right, this is what's going on. And this is how I'm going to move through it versus this is so terrible. I can't look. And what happens when we don't look, it gets compounded and worse and worse and worse and worse. So leaning in, it's almost like, it feels like you're jumping off a cliff, but that's when you grow your wings. So leaning into what we think is the dark is the space of transformation that will set us free. And, you know, I, I, I just got this image of, you know, somebody, their secrets being told about them. If they don't know, then they don't think, you know, anything's wrong, but the poison is being spewed. So you know, if it's in a relationship, talking about it actually gets people on the same page and healing can occur. So the same happens with our subconscious, right? And I'd love for you to talk more about the shadow work and the dialogues we can have with ourselves. Um, but I felt like it was, it was worth bringing, you know, the, the, the piece out about the surrender versus the resistance. Cause I think you were touching on that. Yeah. I, I really, really love that you said, um, you know, I, I can't remember exactly how you phrase it, but really going into the darkness, you know, is, is kind of like where you find your power and your liberation and your freedom. And it's so true. <clears throat> we actually free ourselves when you're, when we're able to see the truth, you know, because it gives us an option. It gives yes. us an option to show up. It gives us an option to change or stay where we are. And so many people just don't want an option because yeah. they're so afraid, you know? And so that really is like such a magical thing about, about ceremony and shadow work is it, it, it holds you accountable, you know, to your energy. I'm going to interrupt you quickly here. There, I saw, I posted a meme yesterday about how it's more 
it's easier for people to dwell in negativity and, and give up because that is uh, decided. You, you know what's going to happen, but to have hope and faith takes courage because there's a million things that could un unfold outside of what you know. So it's um, an act of uh, bravery to move into the unknown, even if it's happy and, and being, you know, in defeat is more, uh, you know, you know, what's going to happen. So it's easier to, to admit defeat, but I just wanted to plug that. And I, it wasn't as articulate as it was in my head, but I felt like the essence of, um, you know, you said like, it gives, it gives us agency, gives us choice. If we know it's actually scarier not to know it's an illusion, right? It's, it's, ignoring reality, which is never a place of empowerment. Right. It's a place of, of sleeping. I remember um, when I first started, I, my path initially started out Buddhist, actually. And I remember um, going to meditation retreats at the Shambhala Center in, in Boulder. And I remember we, we used to meditate together with our eyes open to symbolize being awake you know what I mean? And so, and that really is like, kind of like the magic of ceremony. It's like, you do this awake, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's remembering again, when we forget it's coming back and remembering. Um, and, and to the point of like the, the shadow work piece, uh, I always, always, always weave shadow work into my ceremonies. Every single ceremony we face, we do shadow work. We face what's holding us back. We face the unconscious patterns. We, it's a process of, and, and, and it's sacred because when you can come together also with other people, um, there's something so sacred about that. And there's something so beautiful about being seen and witnessed in your journey. And so many of us are also not just afraid to have that agency, but also afraid to be witnessed in that, <laughs> you know, to be seen is a whole other thing. And I think that, that, yeah, doing, doing, um, doing shadow work in a, in a ceremony with other people, it brings community together. And I was going to say integration when you're witnessed, it really, it gives you a whole nother level of embodiment and perhaps permanence it really anchors into you. Whereas if you're just experienced on your own, it seems more fleeting. Absolutely. It's, it really is so transformative to be seen on that level because we have, I mean, and especially when you talk about like shadow work, the essence of shadow work is to bring yourself into wholeness. It's the essence of it is um, to uh, come in, come into the authentic self, mm. you know? So traditionally, um, Carl Jung had uh, four main archetypes and one of the main archetypes was the self. And the other one, another archetype is the shadow. And so, um, and then the other, I guess I'll say the other ones, the other ones, now that I, you know, started talking about it, the other one is per the persona. And then the other one is the anima or the animus. And so all of these archetypes you kind of work with, and the point is to come into a whole version of the self. And so um, that's the whole integration process. 
And, um, and there's something just so magical about sharing your process with other people and people witnessing you in your process, because you actually learn that it's safe to be seen in your authentic self, which most of us, especially in Western society, have a ton of blockages around. Like we, we just, we have a really hard time with authenticity. We're always being told um, that superficiality is the value, you know, in our society. And so actually being able to, in ceremony, to, um, to be seen in a safe, in a safe way is so deeply transformative. And it also allows you to not only see yourself in what you're honoring, whether that's a new or a full moon or astrology or, um, you know, a certain holiday, a time of the year, whatever it is, it also allows you to see yourself in other people. Because I can't tell you how many times people have said in my ceremonies, oh my God, me too. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even realize that there were other people going through that or, um, you know, I, I, I don't feel alone in this, you know what I mean? And so it creates this, I mean, ceremony has such a beautiful way of connecting people. And this is obviously, you know, in a more, you know, communal sort of ceremony, you can obviously, obviously do ceremony by yourself, but whether you're doing it by yourself or with other people there, you're always going to find deeper connection, right? Like it's, there's this underlying, like you, you, it's almost like you plug into something, you know, you tune into something. Um, and whether you're with somebody or you're not, that's, that's there, you know, that is the perfect metaphor. If you are in isolation, you don't get the feedback, but you know, if I'm thinking about you and I don't text you and tell you, I won't get the feedback that actually you were thinking about me too. And oh my God, we are plugged in. If I don't mention it, who would have known? And when we're in circle, we, I always see evidence that, wow, it was all meant to be. Everyone there was the perfect fit to invoke that part of what that person's going through. I used to do tarot parties and every reading was beneficial for each other person. Because when we get together with two or more people to show up authentically, we create ceremony. When we create ceremony, we plug in. When we plug in, magic happens. And I think, you know, when I heard you say the word connection, I'm thinking friendship, partnership, relationship is all connection. And when two people are in it with the intentions of authenticity, magic happens more often. I notice you and I often, we text each other when it, there's a reason and there's a connection. And even as we're talking today about ceremony, the conversation, I'm sure it's happening for you too. You say the thing, I, the next thing I was going to bring up. It's just being plugged in. I love how you said that. Yeah. And I also love how that kind of weaves into the, uh, the agency and the co-creative process, um, because we bring our own energies to each other and we create, I love, it's kind of like, if we want to bring it back to astrology, you've got like the two individual charts, and then you could have a composite chart where it's like you blend the two people together and it creates this unit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so um, every single ceremony is a unit in and of itself. You know what I mean? Every single ceremony is a composite chart 
of a bunch of different people, you know, or or not, you know, uh, whoever's involved. Um, and that's so special. It's like a, a moment in time, you know what I mean, where it's just like this very intentional unit that is created. So. It's it's life art. Truly it really is. Yeah. I'm thinking, what would you say to people who are afraid of witchcraft or afraid of talking to the ethers or the void? Like what, what is so scary? And we're, we've touched on this a little bit, but I feel like that's a question some listeners might be wondering. The shadow worker in me wants to say, you know, if you're really asking yourself that question, like, what am I afraid of? Um, or what's so that would be my, my second question. Um, like, you know, the first question is why is witchcraft so scary? The second question is like, what am I afraid of? The third question is like, what does this, what does this bring out in me? Like, what are the deeper layers? You know what I mean? Like, what am I actually afraid of um, because typically if you dig into that question you'll find that the answers sound could sound like I'm afraid of rejection I'm afraid of um, finding out that I'm not powerful I'm afraid of taking responsibility there's so many reasons why you could be afraid of witchcraft that have absolutely nothing to do with witchcraft. And so I want to actually kind of say that is it's, if you're afraid of it, it's probably not it. It's probably something else. Yeah. Afraid of power or perhaps narratives of witnessing other people abusing their power. I know that there's, you know, obviously witches have had a bad rap. Um, and oh, yeah. so maybe you could talk a little bit about that and then what it looks like to use the power for benefit and growth and healing and what the power might look like for not so nice things. Absolutely. If you feel comfortable speaking to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think that, you know, through, I think that the word witch has really been, there's been a, a reclamation with that word. And I think it's definitely turned into a movement of um, reclaiming the feminine in a lot of ways. Um, it's kind of got that dark goddess sort of energy and it doesn't have to, you know what I mean? It definitely doesn't have to, but there generally there tends to be this sort of like dark goddess Lilith vibe associated with it. And I think that a lot of, I think our society is afraid of the angry feminine. Mm. I think our society is afraid of the dark feminine. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said earlier about, I think you said something like the darkness is where creation happens. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, creation transformation. transformation. Yeah, it's the sacred womb. It's where seeds know? get, it's where seeds germinate. Exactly. And it's the womb where you're in your mother's belly and it's mm -hmm. black, it's darkness. And that is where the seed is planted and where we grow and we evolve. And people are terrified of the darkness. 
they're terrified of it, of that dark feminine, because they can't see it or predict it or calculate it or measure it. You know what I mean? And so that's scary to most people. The, it's the unknown. Um, and I really think that witchcraft is so deeply interwoven into that. Um, there's so much working, there's so much uh, that kind of goes into just like working with the unknown, the mysterious kind of forces, um, the darkness, the black, what you cannot see in, you know? Um, and I think it takes a lot of bravery to actually own that and to, and to have your own practice. Um, so, so I think, I think obviously, you know, in the past it was regarded, witchcraft was regarded as something, uh, that, you know, most women ended up getting persecuted for. And so I, I bringing it kind of circling it back around, I think that it really was this fear of the feminine and this fear of power. You do what I mean? Um, yeah, because if you think about it, you know, throughout the witch trials and, and all of those things, um, <clears throat> there was this, uh, this fear of anything that wasn't what they knew to be mm -hmm. true. You know what I mean? And so there's always this rebelliousness that comes with witchcraft as well. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think that what it represents was very, very scary, you know, back then. And, and, and to, to also kind of, you know, I, I have to speak to this as well. Like, obviously, um, it was regarded as like evil. There was a lot of things that, you know, they were afraid of that were absolutely horrible. Like they used to say, uh, they used to uh, associate witchcraft with like demonic forces and all of those things, you know, which a lot of people do not do today in the witchcraft community, you know, so I definitely want to speak to that. But yeah, it was definitely seen as this more dark energy. Um, but now I feel like it's a reclamation of that dark energy. And it's the same thing with shadow work. It's like, we don't actually have to be afraid of the dark. You know what I mean? We don't look at casting, the, projecting this image of a demon onto the darkness is immature, quite, yeah. fr quite frankly, you know? Yeah. It's a misunderstanding of what the darkness is. Yeah. And you're selling yourself short by not working with it and projecting that image onto it. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be scary, you know? And I think that that's what witchcraft, a lot of it kind of represents. Like, first of all, before I go back to what I was really gonna say, the, the piece right there about um, the immaturity or um, the projecting the demon onto the shadow work, I immediately thought about mental health and that our culture has projected sadness anxiety, um, lack of focus with something bad and sick and needing to be medicated. When I feel like we're reclaiming mental health with shadow work, um, reclaiming the dark feminine, I think what I was going to mention was that Lilith, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit more than I could, leaving the Garden of Eden uh, through empowerment became demonized and that organized religion wanted to keep people disempowered so they would follow the leader and when witches, people are empowered, they're not going to follow the leader. And what happens is when I'm thinking about um, kind witchcraft with not so kind witchcraft is kind witchcraft, I would categorize as surrender and reverence and unkind, I would think of as control and force. 
And so that's kind of where I connected the dots while you were talking. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I think, I think, you know, um, it, it's, it's all about how you engage with the darkness. Again, this is the magic of ceremony. You know, it's about how you are, how it's, it's getting intentional about how you engage with it. Um, so is it a matter of you engaging with it in a way where it brings about transformation? It, I mean, in, in astrology, Pluto is one of the, the darkest sorts of planets, you know what I mean? It has this darkness, but it's also connected to death and rebirth and transformation. Yes. And it asks you to get, when we have those Pluto transits, it asks us to get really intentional about how we view the darkness, right? Yes. And so facing, you know, the darkness with darkness, you know, whether that's like control or, you know, power struggles or, you know, whatever it is, um, it's a cowardly, cowardly way. It's actually bypassing because you're not actually letting yourself see the truth. Um, you're just kind of still, your ego is still grasping for control. You know what I mean? And so I think that's also the difference between, um, you know, witchcraft used for darkness and witchcraft used for, as you said, surrender, it can be used for a lot of different things, a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, I, again, like, I think that witchcraft used for darkness is a misunderstanding of the darkness, actually. I think Martin Luther King Jr. said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only the light can do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say too, like the word Wicca, mm. it comes from, I, I, I want to say it comes from the word like wisdom or wise woman. It's, it's, um, I'll have to look up the exact translation, but it, it comes down to this wisdom piece. Mm. You know what I mean? And so if you're actually not using your energy wisely, I don't see that as witchcraft. No. And, um, I think another theme around the witchcraft for kindness, I'm, I'm looking for adjectives or witchcraft for not so nice stuff is spells on self or spells on other. So I think of, you know, the witchcraft I want to do is putting a spell on myself, shifting myself. And I, when I think about how witchcraft gets a bad name, it would be putting spells on other people, controlling other people. And I do not think that that is what, you know, it's best utilized for. No, not at all. And it's, it's not, again, it's not skill. It's bypassing. Yes. Cause basically what you're doing is like, you're trying to manage and control your external environment because you're so uncomfortable with your internal environment. And so, and so again, it's a misunderstanding of the darkness. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's a misunderstanding of, in the way that, you know, when you, when you feel this darkness, that's within you, babe. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's, that's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with them. And so no. you're, you're not, you're, you're bypassing. You're not actually going into the womb. You're not actually going into the dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just kind of trying to control it because you're uncomfortable. That's not witchcraft. I love it. <laughs> In my eyes. Yeah. yeah. An un unpopular opinion, right? You do not need to protect yourself from anyone else's energies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, and I think that's why uh, doing shadow work is so important when it comes to witchcraft. 
Um, because I think it is so important to constantly keep yourself accountable and ask yourself, why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you want what you want? You know what I mean? It comes to like, be careful what you wish for when you like do stuff in witchcraft. It's like, you got to ask yourself, why do you want that outcome? Mm-hmm. Where's, where's that coming from? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are you choosing in your life? So if you have to protect yourself from other people's negative energy, what environments are you choosing? What relationships are you choosing? Where are you choosing to be that is inviting that? And why are you engaging with it? So that's a whole nother topic. But um, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up today? No, I think that this was such a magical conversation. And um, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming and teaching us what you know and creating this ceremony of a show with me. If people want more of Riss, I'm sure you do. She's amazing. I will link her website in the episode description. Uh, Follow her on Instagram. She has gorgeous um, stories and really insightful, wise posts. She's got a YouTube channel. And I will also link the Tamed Wild website, join her for her moon circles, um, drink up her content. I know she has an email list as well. So I will make sure that you guys get all the ways you can get a hold of her. Thank you, Riss. I am so grateful for your time today. And if anybody uh, you know that could get something out of this episode, please share it with them. Um, Spread the magic. Let's co-create a kinder, more environmentally conscious, connected world, one person at a time, two people at a time. (laughs) Thank you so much, Becca. Thank you. See you next time. Okay. Thank you for listening and becoming part of this community. If you love this episode, I invite you to subscribe, share with someone you think would appreciate it, or leave a review. This helps me to learn what resonates with you so I can deliver more of what you want and reach more people who can benefit from this content. If you want to reach me, please feel free to reach out on my website, www.beccaspirit.com. I would love to hear from you, get any feedback, and know what's on your mind. Until next time, take great care.